Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. This just so happens to be the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know what? Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You're listening to Your Community Spirit, right here on WDBX 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. And I, I, last night I made it out to the WDBX Summer Bash. I would like to thank everyone who made that an exciting night. It was good music, good dancing, uh, raising some funds here for the station to keep us on the air. WDBX Summer Bash, it was a good time. As you may have noticed, if you're a regular listener, or Danny Juman is not with us this week, he's off teaching his uh, teaching stuff, teaching renewable energy. Uh, he's a uh, incorrigible guy there. He runs off and teaches people about the power of solar power. <laughs> There's no stopping that guy. He'll be back again eventually, but in the meantime, we've got plenty of news and happenings to keep us busy. And our first story today: Will North America be the new Middle East? Now. Uh, some of the hot weather we've been having in North America lately, uh, it makes me wonder if climate-wise we might turn into the Middle East. But no, they're talking about oil policy. Climate activists to protest transnational oil pipeline. Uh, The climate problem has moved from the abstract to the very real in the last 18 months. Uh, Instead of charts and graphs about what will happen someday, we've got real-time video. First Russia, fires... And Texas and Arizona having their wildfires out there. And then first Pakistan suffering a deluge. Then Queensland, Australia went underwater. And the Midwest has been flooding a lot lately. And we've had a few extreme storms here. Uh, And the year 2010 saw the lowest volume of Arctic ice since scientists started to measure. Uh, Now I'll say that again because that's a dramatic statistic in my mind anyway. Uh, 2010 was the lowest volume of Arctic ice since scientists started to measure. There was more rainfall on land than any year in recorded history and the lowest barometric pressure ever registered in the continental United States. So measuring on a planetary scale, 2010 tied 2005 as the warmest year in history. Jeff Masters, probably the world's most widely read meteorologist, calculated that the year featured the most extreme weather events since at least 1816 when a giant volcano blew its top. So, so climate change does seem to be going on. There seems to be some effects going on here already. This is one of those one-day-in-the-future things. Uh, here's another quote from that, uh, that meteorologist there. Uh, he's got this quote here. The ever-increasing amounts of heat-trapping gases humans are emitting into the air put tremendous pressure on the climate system to shift to a new, 
radically different, warmer state. And the extreme weather of 2010 to 2011 suggests that the transition is already well underway. Now, as some of the uh, uh, climate climate skeptics or climate anti-realists, as I might call them, would say, uh, up one single year doesn't necessarily indicate a trend. But if you look at the trend, it's uh, certainly there's certainly other data points that suggest we are heading in the direction of more warming. And I should mention this was an article uh, we got this from Grist uh, Grist.org. It was an article from Bill McKibben. Uh, he's the author of a lot of books on the environment. Uh, we've featured some of his other stuff here in the past. Uh, he's also involved in 350.org, uh, one of the world's biggest climate change-related activist groups. So if climate change is a reality, I wonder if anybody is doing anything about that. Well, here's another story. Gore launches new climate reality project. Now, actually, honestly, I don't spend all that much time talking about or reading about Al Gore because he tends to be too much over-identified with uh, the climate change movement. And uh, I think it's good to get some other voices out there. But there is some significant news related to his organization, so I wanted to share that. So this past week, Al Gore launched a new campaign that will involve, among other things, a new name for his climate change group. Formerly, the Alliance for Climate Protection will henceforth be known as the Climate Reality Project. And I do kind of like that name because it's a lot of the work that they're doing now is trying to stress the fact that climate change, human-caused climate change, is a reality. So we may as well do what we can to deal with reality. (laughs) Uh, Dealing with reality, I, I... pretty much in favor of. So the group's efforts will be devoted to spreading the truth about the climate crisis and potential solutions, making use of thousands of slideshow presenters that Gore has trained over the last few years. It sounds like the group's political lobbying and such will more or less go by the wayside. Uh, It used to be one of their focuses was talking to politicians a lot about such things. Now they're trying to talk directly to the people. So the project is kicking off on September 14th to 15th with a 24 Hours of Reality of event. This is going to be the first of several global events by the group. There will be one hour of presentation and discussion airing at 8 p.m. in each time zone around the world, one time zone at a time. Each one will center on a new presentation from Gore, but will vary by region to focus on climate change's local effects and the solutions that have taken hold locally will culminate in a presentation by Gore himself in New York City. The entire thing will, as you might suspect, be streamed live online. Now, this is exciting to me for a variety of reasons. Number one, 
Uh, even though, as I said, I've got a little bit of gore fatigue, you know, hearing a little bit too much about that guy. He hasn't really been in, in the news much lately, and he's also come up with a project here, him and his organization, that is pretty exciting. Uh, switching to the concept of climate reality, it's a way of emphasizing that climate change has already started affecting uh, the global climate. And I also really like this idea of the rolling uh, rolling hour for each different time zone, because one of the it, it sort of exemplifies the idea of think globally and act locally, because you're addressing a local a global issue there on a local level by saying, well, here in this region, here are some initiatives that have worked. Maybe we can do some more like this. So it's an exciting story. We will definitely have more news on the Climate Reality Project as it develops, uh, including but not limited to that date coming up in uh, September, the September 14th to 15th, when the entire world will be looking at the effects of climate change and what we can do about it. Now, another aspect of that last story that's worth noting, too, is that there has been a lot of, a lot of rhetoric within uh, the green circles these days that sort of, sort of argues, well, yes, let's work on climate change, but let's not talk about climate change. You know, let's talk about related issues such as renewable energy, energy efficiency, green jobs, but, but let's not directly talk about climate change. That's sort of a, a taboo topic, sort of a controversial among some circles. So it is good to see a group like the Climate Reality Project still talking about that issue. And, you know, it's important, too, and Al Gore says this in his interview, uh, it's important to also address all of these other related issues, but it is very important to realize why we're suddenly emphasizing things like green jobs and energy efficiency and such. It's because there are big issues with the climate. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to other news here. Uh... We've got two news stories now. This, this first one sounds pretty bad, but then there's an update. They, uh, they more or less let this woman off the hook. But a uh, uh, little spoiler there, but here's the first news story. Michigan woman uh, was facing jail time for growing a garden. The green movement doesn't have much use for lawns. Uh, sure, they make suburban enclaves look a little tidy and uniform, but really, would it be so bad if your house had something useful? Say, a vegetable garden instead of a high-maintenance water hog, outdoor carpet. <laughs> that's, that's sort of what lawns are. It's always been sort of strange to me that we plant this sort of fast-growing invasive species and then spend a lot of time watering it and, uh, and chopping it down. <laughs> so, so what if you had a garden in your front yard? You know, what would that be like? What's the worst that could happen? Well, as Michigan woman Julie Bass discovered, if your city planner is certifiably power-crazy, you could be looking at 93 days in jail. <laughs> Uh, after her front yard got dug up for a sewer line maintenance project, 
Julie Bass decided to put in raised vegetable garden beds instead of reseeding the lawn. You know, the lawn had already been taken out mostly or entirely anyway, so she figured why not convert it to a garden. And it sounds like a fun project. The neighborhood kids helped out. Everybody got to see where their food came from. Uh, the Bass family got fresh, cheap produce from their own front yard. It basically sounds like an idyllic story. But then somebody called the city. Uh, maybe somebody didn't get enough free tomatoes from the garden. Uh, so they called the city, and they uh, have rules about what you can and cannot have in their front yard. Uh, these sound like kind of vague rules, actually. But... Uh, they asked her to move the, the garden beds, and then when she didn't, they gave her a ticket and a misdemeanor charge. <laughs> so she's demanding her right to trial, uh, and if the city wins, she could legally get up to 93 days in jail. And let's see, there's a quote here from Ke- Kevin Rul- Rulkowski, uh, the city regulations person over in Oak Park, Michigan. Uh, he says that the apparently uh, suitable live pla- plant material is the uh, definition of what is allowed in front lawns. And so then that allowed a debate for what counts as suitable. Uh, and, and Rulkowski says, if you look up suitable in the dictionary, it means uh, what is common. And so since everybody else has, you know, grass lawns, I guess she's supposed to too. But there's also other definitions for suitable, like apparently in Webster's Dictionary, uh, you know, there is a different definition saying adapted to a use or purpose. A use or purpose such as, say, creating vegetables. <laughs> so that was a case of a woman being charged, uh, being ticketed and charged with a misdemeanor for putting a garden in her front lawn. Now luckily, uh, uh, after reading this, I got kind of enraged last night as I was doing my research for the radio show. So I did a little research and luckily, this is sort of a, a power to the people tale in my mind, the city of Oak Park, Michigan, has decided to drop charges. And that's our next story. Oak Park drops charges against Julie Bass and her vegetable garden. There will no longer be possible jail time for Julie Bass after planting a front yard garden. The city of Oak Park has dropped the misdemeanor charges against her. Bass was facing a possible 93 days in jail for planting and not removing her front yard vegetable garden after she received a ticket for a misdemeanor violation. Uh, but then what happened was her story became a internet sensation. Uh, I, w- I know I was reading about it on the internet. <laughs> there were apparently thousands of people across the country chiming in supporting her for what many perceive as a violation of personal freedom. So there was a petition drive, there was a Facebook page and a blog, all of this uh, working together to gain notoriety for the project and perhaps force the city to change its mind about the ticket. Uh, her case was scheduled to be... Uh, uh, just uh, a couple of days ago, but uh, they canceled it. They dropped the charges against her. <laughs> and there is a l- widespread belief that it was due to the pressure. So I, that's very exciting to me, you know, the power of people to change what's going on. Because in a very short span of a few days before I even heard about this story, uh, you know, this woman was had these charges against her, the charges made the news, and as soon as the charges made the news... Through the magic of the internet, people organized to, uh, to see that justice would be done for this woman. So, so apparently it may not, in fact, be a crime to grow vegetables in your front lawn. That is important information to know.
let's see what sort of holidays we've got coming up. Uh, today is the Buck Moon. There's a full moon outside, and uh, it's a full moon madness out there. <laughs> All right, some other holidays. Rembrandt, the artist, was born on the 15th of July. I was not aware of this. Uh, it's an exciting day for the arts. So Saturday uh, is the toss-away-the-could-haves and should-haves day. Uh, you know, I could have I could have celebrated that last year. I really should have, but I just didn't remember. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a day to toss away all those coulda, woulda, shouldas. Uh, all right. Saturday is also the anniversary of the District of Columbia. It's a very interesting legal entity because it's not a uh, it's not like other cities or states in the U.S. It's got its own special status. Saturday, birthday of Ginger Rogers, the actress slash dancer. All right, coming up on Sunday. Now, this is one of the most important holidays we've had in a while here. It's National Ice Cream Day on Sunday. Now, whether you prefer the good old-fashioned dairy ice cream or you're a vegan who has the uh, uh, vegan substitute ice creams, uh, I know, for example, there's lovely uh, uh, coconuts chocolate ice cream out there that I might try on that day in honor of that holiday. But Sunday is National Ice Cream Day. It's also uh, sort of a... A mixed holiday, the anniversary of Disneyland opening. And Monday is the day of a global hug for your kids' day. So, uh, you know, if you have kids, be sure to give your kids a hug that day. Let them know that you love them. Sometimes, unless you say it, kids don't know. You know, they might think you do, but it's, it's good to say it and to give them a hug. And if you don't have any kids, you know, if you have some some friendly kids that you know, you can give them a hug, too. It's good for kids to know that they're loved. Otherwise, they might get really sad. All right, so it's also uh, National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. It's the birthday of Hunter Thompson, the writer, the author. It's also the birthday of Nelson Mandela. Let's see, some other holidays. We've got uh, the Moon Day is coming up on July 20th. Moon Day, the man's first lunar landing. Uh, I will say humanity's first lunar landing, although it technically was a male who was first to set foot on the moon. So, anniversary on the 20th of July on the moon landing. Uh, might be an opportunity to watch... Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a documentary uh, alleging that the moon landing was a hoax. <laughs> I actually might watch that on that day. Now, personally, I think they probably did actually make it to the moon, but uh, it would be interesting to see the other perspective on that day. Um, I think it was Neil Armstrong who got in a little bit of trouble and a little bit of uh, acclaim for punching out one of the uh, people who's claiming that the moon landing was a hoax. <laughs> Literally punching them in the face for saying he didn't land on the moon. <laughs> it, it, it was a funny story. But, but nobody got hurt, seriously, so I found it funny. <laughs> All right, uh, coming up on the 21st, uh, Ernest Hemingway, the author. Uh, his birthday is coming up then. Uh, exciting week for artists and authors then. If you have any holidays to send our way, or any news, any happenings, uh, comments, complaints, suggestions, my email address is treesong at treesong.org. All right.
right, let's get into some community happenings. Had a fun happening last night at the uh, WDBX uh, Summer Bash. That was a good time. I'd like to send a shout-out to everyone who helped make that happen and everyone who showed up to make it a fun night. But now let's get to some happenings that are happening in the future, the near future. One of them is Rice and Spice, the International Slow Food Dinner. Rice and Spice is happening tonight at 6 p.m. and pretty much every Friday at 6 p.m. at the Gaia House Interfaith Center, located at 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Now, uh, they often have themes from an uh, international perspective. They may have a chef from a certain country prepare cuisine from their land. Sometimes they'll have sort of a spring theme or some other uh, idea, idea to guide the dinner. But during the summer, sometimes it's open season, so there's going to be an open season here. Uh, no particular theme as of yet, but there will be food, there will be slow food, there will be good times together. Uh, so this is 913 South Illinois here in Carbondale. Uh, speaking of all the fun going on on Friday nights in the summer here in Carbondale, we have another happening. It's the Friday Night Fair, happening tonight, also at 6 p.m., the Town Square Pavilion. Now, like I pointed out before, you know, these both of these events run from 6 to 9 or so, so there's plenty of time to uh, go to one, go to the other, mix and match, or pick one for this week that you prefer. So Friday Night Fair is tonight at 6 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion. They've got all sorts of local, homegrown, and handmade products and services. It's basically a big party they have at the pavilion there. Uh, some of the tables are in the pavilion, and they've got little uh, tents around it with extra stuff. And they've got free live music. Those are three really good words, free live music. <laughs> this week's music is by Marvin. So once again, tonight, 6 p.m., Town Square Pavilion, which is located at the corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. Now, as usual, there's a lot going on Saturday, too. Saturday, you can wake up bright and early for the Farmer's Market. That happens Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon at the West Town Mall parking lot, just west of the Murdale Shopping Center in Carbondale. They've got all sorts of stuff out there. They've got uh, fresh-cut flowers. They've got uh, local veggies. They've got arts and crafts. 
They've got a lot of uh, wonderful Carbondale people and people from around Southern Illinois who travel to Carbondale just for the fresh veggies. Uh, it's a good time out there. Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon, West Town Mall parking lot, uh, west of the Murdale sh- Shopping Center in Carbondale. Another Saturday happening, the Vigil for Peace happens Saturdays at noon right after the Farmer's Market over at the Town Square Pavilion, located on the corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. They're out there holding vigil uh, to uh, bear witness to the cost of war and hold out hope for the promise of peace. Now, I, we've said it before and we'll say it again, as long as these wars are going on, uh, there's all sorts of stuff here at home we could be spending uh, spending all those funds on that we're using to go fight other countries. Uh, I could also be sending aid to those countries. And it's definitely possible. It's something we can make happen. So Saturdays at noon, Town Square Pavilion, corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. Let's see what else we've got going on. This is also a couple other exciting Saturday events. This is a pretty good, pretty good Saturday coming up. Saturday uh, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. is the Green Earth Workday. Uh, there'll be a Green Earth Workday at Fernlands Nature Preserve uh, coming up on Saturday, 8 a.m. to 11. The full trail over there at Fernlands Nature Preserve is just under a mile long, so it's nothing too strenuous. According to weather predictions, Saturday should be in the low 90s, which should feel downright cool compared to these last few days. Especially since they're getting out there at 8 a.m., it's not going to be up to that heat yet. Uh, Projects to be addressed include rerouting a short section of the trail, building two small footbridges, building log steps, and trimming back vegetation. Please wear long sleeves or pants, or and pants and gloves to protect yourself from uh, cuts and bug bites and such while you're out there working. Tools, snacks, and water will be provided by Green Earth. Volunteer hours will be given and signed for if anyone needs them. Uh, They've got more information about this at greenearthinc.webs.com. And uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, we're very fortunate here in uh, southern Illinois that uh, Carbondale has these, uh, these Green Earth areas set up around Carbondale. And Fernland Nature Preserve is a beautiful place. So here's an opportunity both to get out and see it and do something good to help it. All right, and we've got just enough time left to give a quick shout-out to two of our last happenings here. One is the Dragonflies of Southern Illinois. This is also going on Saturday, 11 a.m. to noon, at the Giant City State Park Visitors Center. Uh, so this is uh, free and open to the public. Uh, it's presented by uh, John E. Schwegman, Illinois Department of National Resources, uh, retired nature conservationist. So you can go to giantcity.org for more info on that. And you know what? Speaking of Giant uh, City, on Sunday there is a cleanup of Giant City Park. Uh, This is happening Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., Giant City State Park. 
Uh, it's this is sponsored by uh, Friends of Giant City, and it's going to be there's going to be a free lunch at the Giant City State Park Lodge at 1 p.m. for people who participated in the cleanup. Volunteers will meet at the visitors center. Reservations are required, though, to be sure they've got uh, you there in the right place at the right time. So six one eight four five seven. 4836 is the number to call. Well, this has once again been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I hope you've had at least as much fun as I have. It's been a good time for me sharing all this info and learning about what's going on in the community. Uh, Treesong at treesong.org is the email address to send your info to. In the meantime, it's going to be a little hot out there, but not as hot as it could be in July in Southern Illinois. So, hope you have a good weekend and a good week. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.